0: This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. With
1: the second pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green.
0: T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm
1: going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one.
0: What's up, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked On Rockets, as well as at Apollo H O U. If you enjoy what we do here at Locked On Rockets, do me a huge favor: hit subscribe at our brand new YouTube channel. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google. The brand new Odyssey app, free and available on every platform you can imagine. A lot to dig into today and joining us to discuss everything going on with the Houston Rockets, none other than the podfather himself, Rockets Wire editor, Ben DuBose. How's it going, Ben?
1: Pretty good, Jackson. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm excited to dive into this continuing, you know, rumor mill surrounding the Rockets with John Wall, Ben Simmons. I know you've got a lot of thoughts on it. I've got a lot of thoughts. I've already spent, you know, a good amount of time talking about it, but there's still so many more angles to really tackle it from. But before we dive into that got a couple topics i want to clear out of the way you know right here at the top Mm -hmm. and the first of which is kind of more of a fun one but i have to ask you did you see you know my little uh my my, i'm gonna say big j journalism the other day digging into uh one stevie franchise's instagram posting history trying to see if he may or may not be the next voice of the houston
1: rockets yes and i am extremely intrigued
0: Okay. So with that, I will say we have a bit of breaking news on that front as there was yet another Instagram post that I'm going to pull up right now. And it's a comment thread from one Steve Francis who commented below a Houston Rockets IG post. And then somebody followed up saying, I saw you at the Galleria this year. And his response, meet me at the games this year. How do we feel about this, Ben?
1: Boy, it feels like it's something I've been asking around, and it's like the ultimate state secret. No one is going to give it away. But I will say, you know, it's not as if Steve Francis never goes to games. So we can't 100% say that it's a tease. But at the same time, it sure does feel like there's lots of little things. And also, as beloved as Matt Bullard was, I've always sort of had this in the back of my mind that, They might not go from Matt Bullard to say another member of Clutch City, the '90s group. I always felt like if they went away from Bullard, you know, even though everyone in Houston loves that iteration of the Rockets, of course they could hire an outsider or maybe it's someone from a different era of a franchise, such as well Stevie franchise. So, you know, that would of course be the late 1990s, early 2000s, leading into the Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming era, but not willing to say I'm 100% buying in yet, but my curiosity has peaked. I appreciate your big J skills because uh, your sleuthing has definitely gotten some pretty interesting intel. And like I said, just the reason I'm open-minded to it, I've just sort of been, that's been my wavelength the whole time because Matt Bullard had a lot of supporters. Obviously, it's not like the Rockets didn't like him. He's now in the front office. And so to me, if they go away from Matt Bullard, it might be to do something a little bit different altogether. And Steve Francis you can say a lot of things about it. I don't know how it would work out if he was the guy. I'm not trying to say that he is, but he would definitely be different. But that's for sure.
0: And I think it would be a lot of fun. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to Stevie in the booth. I'm manifesting it right now. Also, shout out Isaac, loyal listener and uh, viewer of the show, who brought that to uh, to my attention by tagging me for that post on Twitter. So I appreciate that, Isaac. I, I couldn't have you know the big J journalism can't happen <laughs> without you. It's a collaborative team effort. Um, so that said, then let's let's also you know talk briefly about the um uh, the report coming out from Kelly Eco mm-hmm. that uh the Rockets intra squad scrimmages ahead of official you know training camp opening day. Uh, apparently there's a roster that's been kind of tearing it up with Jalen Green, Daniel House Jr., let's get those podcast ratings Jr. up, man. And Anthony Lamb, we are bumping these podcasts, we are getting ourselves, we're digging ourselves out of the basement, Ben. <laughs> Um, but what is this? You know, this obviously bodes well for anybody who had any concerns about there Mm -hmm. maybe being some friction between Jalen Green, Daniel House Jr. I, for one, was frankly appalled (laughs) that Jalen Green walked out and threw the first pitch at the Astros game with a number four jersey on. I thought that may have been uh, a bit of subtweeting going on by Jalen Green. And obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it sounds like if they're successful in practice together then things are just fine between those two
1: guys. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I'm sure you saw on Twitter, I was covering uh, the Astros for MLB.com over the weekend. And I did not know because no one knew until literally like 45 minutes before Friday's first pitch that it was going to be Jalen Green doing it. And so imagine my surprise if I'm there in a media capacity, which I was, which means I can literally get on the field and holy crap, here comes Jalen. So yeah, it worked out really well. I got to be like super up close and get these photos. And by the way, he's very, very tall. I know that's shocking, but yeah. Um, yeah. I we mean, saw he,
0: during Summer League, he was about the same height as Cade. You know, Cade's listed at 6'8, yeah. Jalen Green's listed at like 6'6, but they looked about the same height. Maybe it's just all the yeah. hair. I
1: don't know. <laughs> but I enjoyed, you know, being around him. He, like he has a certain positivity to him that I think you, you can see sort of jumping off the screen, even on TV. And that's definitely the case in real life, too. He's got a very magnetic personality. And I think, you know, even though that's off the court stuff, it can translate to on the court as well because of the spotlight that's going to be on him as sort of the face of a franchise. I know it's not fair, but that's the reality. And I think, Unlike some guys who are new to the league and it takes some adjusting to that kind of uh, spotlight, I think he's absolutely ready to go. And so I think on that front, he's a really good fit already. And yeah, even if they want the same number, and of course, as long as House is here, uh, it's going to go to the veteran. That's just how these things go. But the truth is, on paper, they do seem to fit pretty well together in the sense that, you know, Jalen Green... He's going to develop over time his on-ball skills. It feels like in summer league, even though the stats were off the charts, so much of it was him operating off the ball, where he's lightning quick. and In a way, it's sort of the opposite of watching James Harden, because all these years of watching James, not meaning to compare the two, just saying the biggest names in the Rockets, we know how just lethal James is on the ball. People would always ask, why does he stand around off the ball? Why doesn't he do more? Jalen Green is almost, you know, like a mini Rip Hamilton in terms of how well he and how much energy he has off the ball. And so you put him with someone like Daniel House Jr., who is an underrated ball handler and playmaker. I know he's a forward, but we have seen that he does have those playmaking skills. You can see, or at least I can, the fact that that might be a good pairing to where with Jalen's ability to work and willingness to continue making those cuts off the ball, that uh, Daniel House Jr. can do a pretty good job of finding them. And then also, because House is so defensively versatile, he's a veteran, he's strong, can guard a lot of different positions, then that can sort of cover up a lot of the lapses with a 19-year-old who's very skinny and you know may not be able to hold his own in certain matchups. So I think it's great to see if they have the chemistry. And I think that House is an underrated part of this team and so many sticks around. People forget this past year, it wasn't just the ankle injury at the end of the year. He also had some issues with COVID and um, really it was the back spasms early in this year that really set him back. He was never healthy and he's going into a contract year. He has a lot to prove. And I could see, especially if the Rockets go to more minutes for Daniel Tice up front, not saying that Jalen Tate or, or uh, Jay Sean Tate, excuse me, thinking that Jalen Tate because of his brother and summer league, not saying that Jay Sean Tate won't get, um, Big minutes, but you might see him in a different unit than whatever Tice is because of the potential spacing and shooting limitations. And that's where I think House is a superior shooter, as a guy who can really handle the ball. I saw in uh, Kelly Eco's, the article you're referencing, his projected starting five. Now, he actually had Tice off the bench. He had Tate. House and Wood as the front court, of course, KPJ and Green as the back court. But either way, whether it's Tate or Tice, I suppose it's the same thing with Tate and that he's not exactly a proven shooter. The bottom line is that House, the versatility of his game in terms of defense, shooting, passing, a lot of people have forgotten. And of course, he hasn't made a lot of fans uh, on Twitter or off the court because everybody remembers what happened in the bubble. But the, the, the bottom line is there's a reason why, before everything happened in the bubble and before this really disjointed past season for everything with the Rockets, Mike D'Antoni, I thought about this, the day before everything happened in the bubble, Mike D'Antoni said that he believed that Daniel House could be one of the best players in the league. Now, that's a little bit of coach speak, sure. I think certainly there's a, an element of boosting your own players that goes into that. But I also think it's not like he's totally lying. That's a guy who Mike D'Antoni really believed in. Mike D'Antoni is a fantastic coach. And I think everybody's a little low on, on House entering this year. I, I think Kelly is on to something with that.
0: It'll be interesting to see what permutation of the starting five we get rolling into this next season, especially considering the fact that there may be a new addition to the starting five one Ben Simmons, who we were going to talk about here with Ben Ben Ben. There we go in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at direct TV, because look, Does this sound familiar at all, right? You've got one device that lets you catch the game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for all the other good stuff, right? Let me tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling the remote. No more needing to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Another message from our friends over at Sleeper. The fantasy uh, sports experts over at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was kind of broken. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of all that busy work are also over. Sleeper has developed a new method called Game Picks where you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away games, opponent's defensive rating, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work for you. So whether you prefer Redraft, Keeper, or Dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code if you play fantasy basketball. If you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start your league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Ben, we have been, you know, entrenched in this Ben Simmons rumor mill drama surrounding, you know, a potential departure of one John Wall. First off, we got the, you know, the incredible news that that Wall was planning to sit out this season. I say incredible because I knew that that was kind of, you know, like trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, so to speak, with, you know, trying to. Hamfist, Wall, and KPJ and Green all into a starting lineup together with guys who should all have a claim to a starting spot. But the Rockets obviously wanted to go a direction of youth. And now we've got these rumors swirling about that Ben Simmons could be on his way to Houston. Right now, the Vegas betting odds have the Rockets as the second favorite behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. The T-Wolves are plus 400 to be the landing spot for Ben Simmons. Rockets at plus 450 in second place, which is a little crazy to think about. As far as Ben Simmons, the player, before we dive into what the actual, you know, any permutations of a deal would look like, what what you'd be willing to see the Rockets, you know, part ways with, if you want to see Ben Simmons in a Rockets jersey, are you even entertaining that at all at this point?
1: Yeah, I'm entertaining it. I'm not saying I would do it. But I think at any point where you're one of the worst teams in the league, which the Rockets are, let's be honest, they have a lot of young talent, but you cannot turn your nose up at an opportunity, especially if it's a buy low opportunity. So I'm not saying no under all circumstances. And I think it should be noted that while they pick, they chose the picks package from Brooklyn over Ben Simmons earlier this year, it should be pointed out that when they did that analysis, well, number one, I feel pretty confident that it wasn't like a slam dunk. There's a reason why it went down to the wire. They had some level of interest in Simmons. And number two, at that time, they did not have Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green. Now they do have two guys in place. And so you could make a little more of an argument that maybe they're slightly closer in terms of having a foundation in peace to where it makes sense to get a guy like Simmons. The flip side, of course, is that Ben's value has only gone down over the past uh, 12 months or so, or not even 12 months. God, it feels like it's been 12 months. It's only been like eight months. But, you know, his playoff performance, it is what it is. And so the way I look at it, do I think they would give anywhere near the package that they got from Brooklyn in the Harden deal? No, because the bottom line is that, and I don't think, I should also note that I don't think the Rockets really see John Wall as a contract they have to move. Some teams might. I think they look at it as, look, we know the next two years are not really our window anyway, so we can just let him roll off the books in 2023 and take the cap space. I don't think they look at him. I don't think basically they're going to – you see a lot of people saying, well, you're going to have to add these picks because John Wall is a negative asset. No, they're not interested in doing that. That's why they leaked the plan that you know John Wall is going to be on the roster but not playing any games because they are not going to pay a premium to move him. It's not about the money. It's just about you know they want to give more minutes to Kevin Porter Jr. and – John Wall, they'll just, you know, they're fine just letting his money roll off the books in a couple of years. So if he's viewed as negative and the Sixers want all this to offset the negative value, that's just not going to work. So all these scenarios where, yeah, well, you got to throw this in to offset Wall's contract. No, 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 no. If that's what the Sixers want, it's just a no go. But in the world where, say, they like Wall the player, and I could see Wall the player and Joel Embiid being a pretty interesting fit. And let's say that he's at least viewed as having something closer to neutral value. I wouldn't give up all the picks and certainly the swaps. I think the swaps are undervalued because if Brooklyn has a falling out, then those are basically like getting a high pick. Um, They won't give nearly that, but I could see giving a couple. Uh, To me, the real key in this, they've got to avoid giving both, in my opinion, this coming year's pick, 2022, and also 2023. Because the more I think about it, we we heard Raphael Stone talk about basically the importance of having picks from other teams and that You don't ever want, you know, you don't necessarily have to be bad if you do that. The flip side, you know, you don't want to be on the other extreme either of only having picks from other teams, because if you only have picks from other teams, you have no control over whether they're good or bad. The upside to these next two years is the Rockets have full control. So if the rebuild doesn't go well, if some guys don't pan out the way we hope they will, then guess what? Just like this past year, they pivoted. They ended up getting the number two pick, which is Jalen Green. You can do that again. So I'm open-minded to Ben Simmons. There's a reason why he was number one overall pick. At a bare minimum, he's extremely talented defensively and can do a lot of different things besides shoot the basketball. Um, but it, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. But clearly, I mean, the deficiencies are real. And I would just say that while I would, I would be interested in a buy low, I would not approach anywhere near the amount of picks that you know they got in the harden trade that would just be ridiculous because of course Ben Simmons even at 25 is nowhere near James Harden in value and i would not under any circumstance under any circumstances touch the 2022 or 2023 because i think you just need the optionality if it doesn't work out the next two years are really huge because if you give if you give those two picks up or even just one of them then between the future compensation that's owed to Oklahoma City you basically have zero control of your own picks moving forward and so you're really in a tough spot if you feel like you need to add talent in that scenario. So, I would say I'm interested, but my gut says there's no way that Philly deals him for what the Rockets would realistically offer.
0: And that's more or less where I find myself. And I'm also sitting in this weird, you know, position where I think there's, I don't want to say that there's a shelf life on the Nets picks, but. I also think right now they're they're kind of an unknown quantity as to whether or not, you know, what, what happens with James Harden, what happens with Kyrie Mm -hmm. Irving, obviously Kevin Durant inked his extension. So they'll at least have him, you know, for the foreseeable future, but until those other two lock in, you know, extensions and and commit long-term to that, to that franchise, even then there would be question marks about that trio, you know, how they're going to age together, whether or not they can keep filling in the cracks around those three to, to, you know, remain true contenders, all of these are question marks. But I feel like there's almost like right now, while there's those question marks surrounding those two guys, Kyrie and Harden, about whether or not they stay long-term, it's almost like the picks have more value right now because it's thinking, okay, you know, if you use some of those picks right now from the Brooklyn Nets package, then you can, you know, throw those at a guy like a Ben Simmons right now while they have more value. Whereas if Mm -hmm. Harden size extension, Kyrie extends, then it's like, okay, well, we're looking at those picks as, as likely pretty much late firsts. Um, and there's not a chance for something to blow up some, you know, cat- catastrophe to happen. And it might make more sense for the Rockets to utilize that, you know, swath of picks to cash in on a Ben Simmons type right now with the added benefits of offloading John Wall's contract. So yeah, I think I- you can view those as kind of two in the same. And, you know, I think Rob Rob, uh, Rob Rob K Sports on Twitter did a great job kind of illustrating that, you know, that premise as well as building on that point and basically saying that, you can almost view it as the original, you know, iteration of the James Harden for Ben Simmons deal, with the mm-hmm. exception of you're also factoring in uh, getting off John Wall's contract, as well as you've already secured Jalen Green by being bad enough this past yeah. season, not hitting that treadmill of mediocrity and being able to secure him as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. I think. You go back to the original logic and part of it, and I think we're right on this, and this is what we've been pushing back on NBA Twitter for nine months now, is this whole idea that Ben Simmons gives you a higher floor and you can't bottom out. Well, at this point, you did bottom out and you got Jalen Green. Even though it wasn't connected to bottoming out, you also got Kevin Porter Jr. So your situation is a little bit different than your calculus on January 12th when you were going through the final offers uh, related to the Harden situation. So... I still would not give anywhere near full value especially because Simmons himself should be seen as less of a value after the playoff performance I think but you have to at least be open to exploring the possibility and if you're a Rockets fan you do have to realize that there's no way that that you know part of the situation now and I mentioned off the top that it's kind of hilarious. Well, it's hilarious for a few reasons. It's hilarious that um, you know we saw Ben Simmons in the gym with John Wall today. Of course, part of the reason there's all these connections is because they're both represented by Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. So these situations are intertwined. It's also funny to see somebody else other than the Rockets go through that turmoil for once. And then finally, it's also funny because all of this traces back so much of this to the fact that Simmons was dangled in the Harden talks. There's been multiple reports that I've seen in recent days that that's where a lot of this instability really started because organizationally the sixers thought that they were going to get james harden and that ben simmons was going to houston that's how close that deal was and the reason i hit home that point is because any rockets fan you know i i understand simmons's deficiencies but you're just not being realistic if you if you think that rafael stone has no interest at all it does not get anywhere near as close as it did in january without there being some level of interest. So it's just about sort of seeing where the balance is and also I think some of it's not within their control. you know how does um, how does Daryl feel about the John Wall contract and just how negative is it to him? You know these are the reasons why I'm skeptical, but I will say I don't think the Rockets have no interest at all because it just doesn't get as close as it did in uh, early January without there being at least some level of baseline interest.
0: Want to hit on a couple more points surrounding the John Wall-Ben Simmons discussion, and we're going to get there in just a moment after a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because if you've never had a protein bar that you've actually enjoyed, you've got to check out Built Bar. They have so many amazing flavors to choose from. They've got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. I just got a new flavor sent to me to test in the mail, cookie brownie chunk. It's going to be just, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Haven't tried it yet. Sounds delicious. Every single bar, low-cal, low-sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great. If you're on a keto diet, great. If you're trying to lose weight and you can check them out, just visit built.com and use promo code locked on to receive a 15% bonus or 15% uh, discount on your very next order. Again, that is promo code locked on for a 15% discount on your very next order. When you visit built.com and another message from our friends over at betonline.ag, because look, football is back, right? You got college football, you got professional football, NBA season right around the corner, MLB going strong. They've also got you covered for UFC. You name it. It's, they have it over at bet online. So as always, Bet online is your number one spot for all the betting odds that you could ever imagine. They have a new updated site and interface, more odds, props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything that you need. Betting wise, head over to their website and sign up today using promo code NFL 100 or locked on to receive a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit again that's promo code nfl100 or locked on to receive a 100 welcome bonus on your very first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and final segment here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball Continuing our conversation with rockets wire editor ben dubose the podfather himself now ben a couple of the arguments that i've seen kind of against Ben Simmons, past even more so just, you know, his uh, deficiencies, if you will, as a player. Mm Because I do agree, he is a great player within his own right, and the Rockets should not turn their nose up at him just because of a few issues that he's had. I'm still highly critical of him, and I would have serious reservations even if the Rockets did bring him in, and I'd, I'd need to see some notched improvement before I was suddenly, you know, a, you know an active Ben Simmons stand. I wouldn't just become a Ben Simmons apologizer immediately uh, yeah. or sympathizer or what have you. But a couple of the main ones that I see, you know, some pushback for is, as we were just alluding to, is Ben Simmons raises your floor to such an extent, and I think a team spearheaded by the likes of Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, uh, Ben Simmons, and Christian Wood it, conceivably, that's a team vying for at least likely a playing spot, if mm-hmm. not, a, truly a playoff, you know, bound team. And I think at that point, you close your window to the possibility of being a lottery-bound team and taking advantage of the fact that the Rockets own their picks for these next two seasons. And I think that's such a critical aspect of the rebuilding timeline for this team, especially considering some of the top prospects, Holmgren, Benchero, guys that are coming Mm -hmm. out in this next year specifically, uh, Imani Bates, one more year down the line, right? There's, There's really a lot of talented guys coming out these next couple of years. And I would hate to see the Rockets take a shortcut in their rebuild Mm -hmm. by going all in, or at least, you know, going, you know, three quarters in or halfway in on Ben Simmons right now.
1: So a couple of quick things on that. First off, remember that the lottery odds are flattened. So it's not the same correlation between your exact record and what you get in the draft. Now I know things got, you know, very fortunate earlier this year. Well, that was very fortunate for the Rockets because you typically do not have anywhere near the correlation that you used to between being one of the worst teams in the league and getting a high pick in the draft. So just mathematically, it's not nearly as correlated as it has been in the past. The other thing that I think is an underrated component, and I was talking with um, some folks this afternoon about it, which is... You need to know whether, if you're Raphael Stone, whether you can move Ben Simmons again. And I think that's part of the thought process right now, because I saw some people arguing, well, if you go after Ben Simmons, does it ruin this plan because he signed through 2025 of having all this flexibility in 2023? And my response is it doesn't necessarily have to, because if he has positive trade value and it, honestly, it's sort of hard to tell whether he has positive trade value because the Sixers are asking for so much reportedly. You, you know, you heard about like Daryl Morey wanting to shoot for Damian Lillard and those types with him. You know, it's hard to say what his actual value is, but hopefully Rafael Stone if they went down this path would be able to tell because if it did if it did not go well for one reason or another, maybe they want to maximize those picks in the next 2 years. Maybe it's that they still want a cap room in 2023 that I do feel like in theory, I think you could reroute Simmons, uh, but you would want to check that so that you would be sure. But the way that I'm looking at it, honestly, Jackson, is that you know you might have to make a quick judgment, i.e., after half a year, one year, as to whether it's working. But you know, I've said this before: if you're ready ahead of schedule, that's fine because there are benefits, even if you don't get as high of a draft pick. Okay, then then you have all this big money rolling off the books, and you're going to have financial flexibility to where you know you can add guys and. 2023 at least. Now, I know if you get Ben Simmons, in theory, you don't have as much 2023 space. But again, that's where I'm going into. You can create it if you need to. And also, as we've seen with so many star moves, you don't necessarily have to have Max room because stars will get to go where they want to go. And if the Rockets with Jalen, KPJ, uh, hypothetical Ben Simmons in this scenario, Christian Wood, then guys will find their way to Houston magically and the, the math will somehow line up. So you know, I, I get your point, but the key word I would just go back to is optionality. Like, you know, it's not irrelevant, but I do think that if you go into this having a good sense of what Ben Simmons's value is and you feel that at least on some root level, he is positive, which means worst case, you could reroute him to, you know, it's worth noting we're connecting the dots with like Simmons and Wall just because they're the two big names that aren't on the market or, or that aren't content with their teams right now and are on the market And have the same agent. We're sort of connecting the dots. But uh, Mark Stein mentioned like five teams, none of them being the Rockets. They've been inquiring about Simmons in recent days. And, you know, Toronto, Sacramento, San Antonio, these are smaller market teams that don't have, you know, a lot of star power and don't really have access to stars. If you can reroute Simmons to one of those teams, if you feel pretty confident, then sure you know you can give it a trial run and if it's not working out then you know you can always pivot mid-season or after the season whatever it is and still take advantage of your draft picks in the way that a lot of people anticipate doing it now so again that's not really me giving like a full throat endorsement of simmons i'm just saying that under certain circumstances if the price is cheap enough you could talk me into it
0: I think I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning there as well. Is if the price is cheap enough, kind of you'd be interested. And I think I think that's where some of the reports or, or
1: potential yeah. rumors and from the also,
0: are. And also, is the, the relationship between Stone and Mori It's just kind of one of those. Let's kick the tires. Let's see if there's yeah. something there.
1: And another point I want to make very quickly: um, the angle about KPJ is the point guard, and of course that's part of why John Wall isn't going to play. The fact that they want KPJ to sort of have the keys and be able to be the primary ball handler. Look. <sighs> I do think you have to have the conversation with Ben before he comes here. You know, I said before, I don't want him if he thinks he's a guard. He's not going to be able to develop that kind of shot. KPJ is the guy here. Um, I think you want Ben if he's willing to use his six foot eleven frame and be a front court piece, the way a lot of people have wanted him to be used for years. And you know, I still don't have a great sense for how much is Ben's reluctance in Philly and how much is the fact that you know, with them already having a traditional low post MVP caliber big in Embiid, it's a little bit tougher to sort of be in that dunker slot than it is in a lot of other situations. But the one thing I will say, do you have to have the conversation? Yes. What I'm not willing to do, though, and I've seen some do this on Twitter, is take the word of anonymously sourced reports, you know, listen to so-and-so on a podcast that said that Ben Simmons wants to be the guy. You know, everybody, you know, there are so many people that are sort of on the fringes of you know, an NBA player or his agent, especially when it's one as popular and discussed as Ben Simmons right now. I would just sort of take those with a grain of salt in terms of these reports, not throwing shade on the reporters at all. No, they can only, you know, report what they're told. Nobody's making anything up. It's just sometimes, sometimes the people around the players get a little bit of a, um, a, a big mouth, if you will, when the player is as discussed and as much of a hot topic as Ben Simmons is right now. So I would just say, do I think you have to have the conversation before bringing him in? Yes. What I'm not willing to do is assume that, well, so-and-so said in a podcast, this is what Ben wants, and just assume that 100% this is what Ben wants.
0: Yeah, why would you ever listen to anything anybody says in a podcast? Those things are stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, Ben, as always, a pleasure to have you on the show. It's always great being able to talk Rockets basketball with you. Go ahead and let everybody know, you know the drill, where to track you down at.
1: Yep, uh, Ben Dubose on Twitter, the RocketsWire on Twitter, and then rocketswire.usatoday.com. You can go really every single day. We've got ton- content, but next week with media day and training camp starting up, we should have all sorts of good stuff in the days ahead. So keep your eyes peeled.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. As always, been a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't yet, please consider subscribing to the brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We would sincerely appreciate it. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.